Good morning. I'm Jonathan Good, working with uh, Dr. Sarah Farr, Assistant Professor of Voice here at Wayne State College, and we're going to be talking about um, the poetic and musical styles of Rayfon Williams' song cycle, uh, Songs of Travel. Um, Dr. Farr, if you could give us a little bit about yourself. I'm the voice instructor here at Wayne State College, and I teach things including um, how to sing, but also song, song literature, and interpretation of song. Right. And, you know, you and I have been working for, this would be our eighth semester in voice lessons, and throughout our eight semesters together, I've sang about half of this cycle, you'd say. Yeah, so you made your way through a good chunk of it. Um, and... Um, so today, I asked you because, one, you have a degree in English, an undergraduate degree in English, correct? I do, yes. English literature. Right. So the poet, the poetic styles here of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, is, they're, they're very, you know, you as, you, as the song cycle progresses, it, you realize that... Um, what he, like he chose songs like you we follow this traveler through his journey from his young age all the way through the end of his life and um and what's interesting is that he's really building on a tradition that existed prior to this. If you look at um, German Romantic poetry from the early Romantic period, there's this idea of um, the travel and heartbreak. And what both Von Williams and Stevenson do is take this and then take a very distinctly British look at it. It's not as melodramatic. It's not as depressing as the Germanic take. Um, but it's also not as naive. So it takes off sort of those extremes of emotion that are very characteristic characteristic of the Germanic style and then reinterprets this type of genre in a very British way that is more moderated but in a way more subtle too in the way it looks at this progression through life for the traveler. Right so to get started um, we'll start with The Vagabond. Mm -hmm. um, you know this is the beginning the opening song of the cycle uh, we look at the traveler and you you as soon as the piano starts playing you hear this big marching like chords um, so we'll play an example of this here so you can hear it. Yeah, so you have this great, and he even marks in the score, a la marcha. So you have this feeling of movement and also kind of jauntiness in that triplet finger over overlying it, too. Right. And and you, you can tell, like, the, the traveler's just starting his journey. And then right after that, we hear that march, we go into the, the opening phrase, Give to me the life I love. Let the lave go by me. Um, and you know, you can just tell this traveler's full of excitement, ready to go out on his journey. He's ready. He's ready to explore and see what the world has for him. Yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, a manifesto for the whole work. And in the original publication of it, um, Von Williams didn't even give this one a number. He started numbering later because this was sort of the introduction, the, the way to get started into the cycle as well. Right. Um, and as we go through the song, you realize, um... There's uh, the, the line, there's a life for a man like me. Uh, there's a life forever. He's realizing that there's more to life than just staying at home. Just going out there, being himself, finding out who he is rather than who everyone expects him to be. Um, 
Yeah. Um, there is a strong sense of independence to that, too. Right. And in a way, he looks forward. He talks about autumn and winter and sort of end of life, but he has this very optimistic view of how that's going to end for him that isn't necessarily how the end of the the cycle comes through, but it also has a feeling of foreshadowing to it that you don't see in, say, the Germanic styles. Um, in the Germanic styles, there would be this idea of eternal spring or forever youthful energy, but even from the first song, this British take on the idea anticipates that there will be an autumn, there will be a winter to life, right. but that's okay. Yeah, and you know, and, and he goes through all of the seasons. Um, in fact, I think it ends... It ends with winter, and you know he he goes back to the 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 fact that um, he always goes through this. All I ask for the heaven above and the road below me. He's asking he's asking God to watch over him. He's wa asking the the tr travel to be smooth. You can tell that no matter what's going to come, he knows that he can handle ahead what's ahead of him. Mm -hmm. All right, the next song, um, "Let Beauty Awake." Um, this has a different feel to it. You, the piano and the voice, they're not working together. I know this was one of the toughest challenges for me when I <laughs> sang this song. Um, it's in nine, the score's in 9-8. Um, yeah, and it has a very almost French fluidity to it. It's almost extravagant. And um, what is exciting about this, after his manifesto of jumping into um, travel and embracing the road, there's this idea that it's not going to be a Spartan life, but instead it's something beautiful and glorious. And you can really hear it in the piano part here. although nice, is almost in um, a background um, obligato subservience right. to this really glorious piano part here. Right, and you know, the, the feel, compared to the Vagabond, we get this, like like you said, the French fluidity. Um, he realizes, he's, he's realizing the beauty that's out there. Like, he, he's, he's, as he's going along his journeys, he hears, he hears the birds awake, the stars, you know, he sees the stars at night. Um... Uh, after the night's sleep, you wake up to the beautiful sunsets and the sun sunrises and sunsets. Um, and then as, and then he talks about his friends and how, um, love. You said here in the line, let let her wake to the kiss of a tender friend. He realizes that while he's still on his travels, love is something he's looking for. Um, it may not be a serious love, but it's it's that hum, human desire of love. Yeah, and and again, what I find fascinating about this is sort of the sort of um, more down to earth, realistic approach to it, where in those earlier cycles, um, especially if you think Vinterizza, that Schubert set, which is so depressing. I mean, glorious <laughs> but depressing. There's this idea that there's this one person, and if they don't love you, all is lost and life is over. Right. But here, it's more of a gentle desire of of welcoming that joy into life rather than sort of a, a all consuming need. And and you notice that this like the vagabond was very, it, it was a longer piece than this song, um, and I feel that uh, there was a lot more repetitiveness in the vagabond compared to this. Whereas, like you always, he always starts the line, "Let beauty awake." Every verse starts with that, 
But he he talks about the different aspects of nature mm-hmm. compared to he was talking about how he was ready to go out on his own and he was he was ready for the seasons. Whereas this, he's realizing that there's more than just the seasons. He's noticing more. He's becoming more aware of his surroundings. Yeah, and it, and it paints a very specific picture in the way he looks at it. Um, crimson Eve, not just evening, but this crimson Eve, and this a very specific way of painting um, the natural world. Right, and then as the as the traveler goes on in his journeys, we come to the the roadside fire where he starts the line, um, "I will make you brooches and toys of your delight." Um, you realize that he might have found someone. Yeah, and it's so tender. It's not destructive or super impassioned, but there's this sort of caring nature for it. And where before it was the I will do this, I'm independent, I'm strong, now there's this this wanting to nurture and care for another person. And and we notice in the piano here um that the the, the, the light march comes back and it's a little more playful than the Let Beauty Awake. It is. You still have the sense of motion of travel, but yeah, you're right. It does have that lightness to it. Um, so if we... Let's let them hear. Like, you can tell. So they can hear. It's a little faster. I will make you bloaters and toys for your delight. A bird song that morning and stars shine at yeah, and, and it definitely has this energy to it. That right. You can feel the excitement of the speaker. Um, just to make sure I know where I'm at here in my notes. <laughs> um, and and as as it goes on, he you realize that this the 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 traveler, like you know, the next line of the of the song is building a palace fit for you and me. Um, he really likes this woman or if though if it's in the high voice the man that they have found and um and what's interesting there is so this piece sort of combines the first two pieces right. of the yes. work so once you get to the verse and this shall be for music the piano suddenly shifts and you get that fluid feel that we had in the second piece and let's i think i can find it here And the shift is, is neat and dramatic. And here you'll, we'll be kind of mid-piece, but you can hear the shift and how the piano moves and changes textures there. the same right but suddenly the piano has this fluidity this, and that's yeah it's that very, that you see in um let beauty awake exactly and it's almost harp like but yeah so the two the first two songs sort of come together in this changed but similar right and then we continue on with our um traveler's journeys and we come up to youth and love and in youth and love um we're determining that he's left behind his beloved he's leaving his beloved behind as he ventures into the world um the the accompaniment of the second stanza calling to mind it's bird songs and waterfalls mm-hmm. and trumpet fanfares yeah and it almost it depends on the performance but it it's it bears the question is this bravado true or is it put on uh, and we don't we never really know why they've parted ways is it because of the travelers need to continue traveling and that didn't 
mesh with the loved one who perhaps wanted to settle down? Did something happen to the beloved? Was there a rejection? We just don't know. And depending on how you read that, is how you interpret this piece of, is it genuine joy at moving forward and moving on, or is it some sort of front, uh, a bravado to put on, to say that, oh, I'm fine, it's okay. Right. It's hard to tell, it's, it's kind of up to the performers to interpret that. Right, and and you notice on page 21 of the score, Dr. Farr and I have our scores in front of us, that the in the piano part, it's, it's pianissimo, and, it's, and, and the distinct way to play it is mysterio, mysterioso. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be decided every performance at this right. point in the cycle. What what <clears throat> happened? Because we don't know for sure. Um, so for your performance, what happened and how does the traveler feel about that? Is is he really fine with it or is it sort of a facade? I find that just fascinating every time I hear a performance. Right. And let's see. As we go on to our... this is in dreams it's the fifth song this is the, toward this later half light, later half of the the traveler's mm -hmm. life cycle and as we reach the the latter half of his life cycle um we realize that the the traveler is kind of remorseful of what he's done in his past and things are not all he cracked it up to be yeah, there's a strong feeling of regret, a wondering of what might have been, and it's really interesting the placement of this in Dreams right after the previous piece, because uh, clearly time has passed, but we don't know how much time. How long did it take for him to regret the loss of the love? How soon did these dreams creep up where where the wondering started and when, when he started to see the loved one. It's it's really interesting. And then the movement from that bravado, true or otherwise, right into this in dreams I see you sort of thing. And I notice he's in the first line, in dreams unhappy I behold you stand. And that unhappy part clearly lines out his regret. It's not a happy dream of like, oh, that was a right. great time moving on. But clearly there's a strong regret there. And, and you know, this... Um something i read about this is like the very much the, it's the dark center of the cycle you notice like in like as you said in the opening line in dreams unhappy um the anguish that you can feel as the traveler moves on um if you look at all of the notes there's so much chromaticism and it modulates so much throughout the song um and the piano sort of lost its energy in a way it doesn't have that that forward always moving it's a bit more static it's a bit more reflective than it had existed before in the cycle right and and one thing i read like the piano is supposed to be sounding more of like a low bell like the the the, mm. the church bells at a funeral or or a way to mark passing of time right. there's a lot of ways to think about that in this piece and then if we let's, let's let them hear a little bit of the um the song just so they can feel the shift of emotional change that the traveler is going through. Yeah, and at the beginning here, you can hear, oops, you can hear at the beginning the the bell motive coming through, and then as the layers sort of stack on top of that.
what's great there is that right until that very anguished octave, you have this very right. narrow range of the vocal <clears throat> line, yes. and it's sort of brooding, and then there's this sort of very emotional explosion on that octave leap there. Right, and then you, and, and and you notice as the as the piece goes on, you you get louder and louder, and as you and the 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 traveler becomes more emotional about. I don't like you know this is right after he lost his love so there's no more morning glow no more the grace that enshrines and endears the cold beats the light of time now on his face the and it shows his tears um so you can see that he is definitely feeling a different than like at the beginning of the cycle he is ready to go out there and then we come into the infinite shining heavens and in the infinite shining heavens, um, it's this this song shows the like the immutability of nature. Yeah. So through all the things he's experiencing, the constant in his life and in his travels is nature and sort of this <clears throat> gloriousness that it has, and that it it is constant. Whatever he's going through, whatever he's experiencing, it still is there. And in a way, nature has become his life partner in a way. And though glorious and beautiful it is also unmoved by him it will continue when he's gone and whether that's comfort or not it's it's a bit unclear and in the piano part you see a bunch it's pianissimo but you see it's in three two and you see a bunch of rolled chords that's mm-hmm. all you get you just get these rolled chords and then the vocal line comes in with a triplet underneath these above these rolled chords and then about the sixth measure in, you go into a meter change. Mm-hmm. And it, and so you have this sense of shift, but throughout you get these chords, and I think it's a really a way of painting the heavens right. right into the piece itself. Right, and as we go, as we look through the song, um, you at the top of page twenty-eight, you see this. I saw them, the distant as heaven, dumb and shining and dead. The idle stars of night uh, were dearer to me than bread. Uh, he's realizing that. As he ages, death is inevitable, and he notices that as the seasons change that things that he might have noticed earlier aren't as glorious as they once were. Mm-hmm. And um, and he keeps talking about these stars, and what's interesting is how you read the end. Um, when he goes, I looked in the dusk, and a star had come down to me. And... How you read that could be any number of things. You could be looking at it as actually the uh, a, you know a falling star, and he sees it, and it's lovely. Or is he looking back at the love again? Was the love that star that he had, but then let go? Um, again, there's some ambiguity there that leaves a lot of choices up to the performer, right. um, and <clears throat> makes the story a bit different every time it's performed. Right. Um, and then we reach a song I'm working on this semester, "The Whither Must I Wander." And in this song, you know, you the opening line, he talks about his home and how it's no longer a home to him. He's been wandering for so long that he, he just goes where he has to. Um, it's really looking like the, the, the phrases of this song talks about what's happening now. And then it goes into his past where he had a joyous childhood. He... He saw all of the friendly faces of, of his youth there. And now he's come back to this place and realizes that all of those faces are gone he knows no one there anymore and, um, and the accompaniment has changed too it's it's very simple and in a way some people call this much more um typical von williams it's 
It's a simplistic melody set in a pretty straightforward way over its accompaniment. Um, but it's a bit more realistic in the way he's looking at life. It's 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 lost sort of that that glamour, that shimmer. It's just yes. very straightforward too. Yes, I, uh, that's the one thing I've noticed. Like compared to the other songs I have sang from this cycle, the piano is very much there with you. Mm -hmm. It's with the singer as he goes along this and song. And it's almost, and I think this is intentionally so, almost hymn-like in the way it's sort of yes. harmonizing out the melodic line. Um, and, and and as the song goes on, you. You realize that with each spring, life is renewed every spring. And at the la the last, the last uh, uh, last line, like not line, um, verse of the song is: "Spring shall come, come again, calling up the moorfowl. Spring will bring the sun and rain and bees and flowers." And you see that the uh, things are blooming over hill and valley. Uh, this the stream starts flowing and the uh, starts flowing again. Um, and then he comes to this part, like, he says, Fair the day shine as it shone on my childhood. You realize that as he's going on and spring has come back again, that he's hoping that the days are just as fair to him now as they are when, they, when he was younger. Yeah, there's um, definitely a, a feeling of looking backwards, of sentimentality in the piece. And at the end... The last line of the phrase is, but I go on forever and come again no more. He realizes that he spent his life traveling and and there's no, he can't come back because well, he's different and everyone from his childhood is different or possibly gone. Yes, and there's something about seeing the seasons change in one place and seeing how that happens in a static place, but he doesn't have that experience. He's always traveling, so he doesn't see how spring returns to the same place over and over. He's always moving. He's missed that somehow. And the eighth song of the cycle is The Bright Rings of the World. Um, bright is the ring of words. Bright, yes, let me fix that. <laughs> that words, it's an early morning. It is. <laughs> so I will... Bright is the ring of words. And in this song, the listeners reminded that the wanderer will eventually die, just like everyone else. And uh, the beauty shall, like, the beauty of their work remains a testament of their lives. I almost think like this is a revised manifesto, where the first one, the vagabond, is it's about travel, it's about this energy, but here it's about that thing that continues on, which is which is art, which is poetry, which is music. And I think it's I think it does serve as that revised manifesto. And until Ursula von Williams' wife found the piece that would be the last piece, um, this was the close of the cycle. Right. And I really think it bookends the Vagabond nicely in this sort of revised manifesto. And it has in a Similar way, the energy of the first one, which do you want to, would you like to hear? Absolutely. as a revised manifesto because it has the energy of the vagabond right. but that very cordial accompaniment straightforward feeling of the latter half of the cycle and, and and like you know we mentioned in um 
what song was it we mentioned? The hymns. This feels very hymnal like. Mm-hmm. And you notice like Von Williams specifically made distinct ma- meter changes. You go from three four to four four. Then I think I saw five four in there somewhere. Well, and I think it's he's very specifically following the line of the text and emphasis <clears throat> and using the meter changes to give emphasis where he wants text emphasis to lie. Right. And he's like, this is this is the end of his life. And then finally, I don't have this piece, but we reached this number nine of the songs of travel. And this song actually was not added until 1960, posthumously, when Ursula found it. Yeah, Ursula, his wife, who was a poet herself, was going through his papers, and she found this one um, in manuscript, handwritten, and it said on there, only to be performed at the end of the cycle when the whole cycle is performed. So he clearly never wanted this to be performed as a standalone piece, but um, liked it as sort of a, a end cap to when you performed the whole. Right, and it's I, something I read was uh, it, it, it recapulates the whole cycle in four phrases and, and to that form a uh, miniature scena of recessive and arisoso, arioso. Yeah, you have the short, short recitative portion at the beginning that then transitions into a more melodic line, but it is so short that it really is almost like a tag on an epitaph at the end. So in a way, I really think... Um, Bright serves as the real end cap to the piece, and this is a little epilogue that that sits alongside it nicely. And that concludes the end of the podcast with Dr. Farr. I want to thank her for joining me this morning um, to talk about the songs of travel and the Brit, like how it's different. The traveler's view of the world is different than the, the, the previous German views of Schumann and Schubert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a joy. I love going through this sort of thing. All right, thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you, Dr. Farr. Yep.